Welcome back, Niche Pastor family. This is Dr. LaKendra Hardware, aka The Niche Pastor, and we're so glad you joined us today. In last night's weekly broadcast of MTT, we continued our conversation with Dr. Yolanda Pierce's book, In My Grandmother's House, Black Women, Faith, and the Stories We Inherit. We picked up where we ended last week, where I had so much more to say. And we talked a little bit about prayer and how she gives us some really lovely tenets to hold on to and think about prayer as we continue expanding how we understand it. And that prayer is not about inaction, but it is actually a very active waging of war, spiritual battle, if you will. Talked about prayer intercessors, those that are willing to go to the mat, my phrasing, uh, for others and to fight uh, spiritually for folks in prayer. She offers us the construct of prayer as contradiction, petition, intercession, reminder, and celebration. That the contradiction of prayer is that we are powerless people with a powerful God. The contradiction of prayer that we are imperfect people coming into a relationship and conversation with a perfect God. That we are staying in this thing. Coming to God to ask for a help, help, a cry for help. That God is positively possible. He's the possible in, in the impossible. Interceding, standing in the gap. Cosmically, the cosmic gap, as she calls it, for others. Those that can't pray for themselves are too weary or too sick or just don't choose to do so. But she also said it's a reminder that somewhere, somebody is calling your name before God. And right now, we we take a moment to pause intentionally in this podcast to allow the names to be spoken that are on our heart right now that we just lift up. And so if there's someone in your world, in your awareness that you are lifting up, we intercede on this platform for them. We give you an opportunity to say their name. To lift them up before God. And to ask God to be mighty in their lives. To be present. To be protective. To be provisional. To be purposeful in their life. Today we ask this. Amen. She also sell, uh, points out that prayer is about the celebration, that we pray for, yes, the food and the clothes and the things that we have, but we also pray for that which we don't have, that which we lack, that will eventually come. Takes me back to our conversation and definition when we were pulling out those Greek words that associated with faith in the text in our previous series of finding, fumbling, and following faith, where it talked about hope and expectation. Yes, we give celebration of what has come, but even though it hasn't yet come, we hold on to hope and we expect things to change. And so God, we celebrate you with an expectant praise. Prayer as a primary form of speech for believers. She gives us a beautiful introduction into Reverend Pauli Murray, who was a phenomenal woman who did so much in the world of being uh, breaking barriers and opening doors and carrying 
herself or carrying themselves perhaps in the world in a mighty way. We go into chapter two where it's just above my head. And in this, she is talking of the mothers of the church and her own experience with one mother of the church who would be very strict and very um, uh, driven to make sure that the young women of the church, particularly this young woman, this author of, of the book, uh, to do what's what's holy and what is right. And then she gives us a little bit of perspective Perspective drawn from the works of uh, Dr. Dolores Williams, Sisters in the Wilderness, which looks at the womanist perspective uh, a bit deeper. And she says, what about the historical significance of black women and that we are walking theology? We carry our theology where we, wherever we are. And our theology comes out of, out of a lived experience. And so out of this lived experience, we show up. We show up in the world, we show up in our homes, we show up in our churches. And as as such, we are the black women who have spent, uh, perhaps in the church mother's experience, she's saying, have spent days laboring for others, white families, and uh, operating in a world that often denies, denigrates, dismisses their very value and presence. And as such are also often the subject of scrutiny of sexual trauma, sexual assault, sexual violence um, that are objectified about bodies and how we carry ourselves. And so she began to make the connection of who we are when we show up in the church. We show up with that history, perhaps. And she's speaking about these church mothers. And so when they said, make sure that skirt is lower and, and your, your skirt's too short or this shouldn't be done this way and this shouldn't be done this way, what if? All of that wasn't all only about um, the rightness of it, but it was a survival tactic, a mechanism to keep little black girls safe in a world that will eat you alive. Beautiful story, beautiful moment, beautiful thoughts. And it connected me to the work of Dr. Joy DeGruy, D-E-G-R-U-Y, in her book, Post-Traumatic Slave Syndrome. She points out a story and gives us this, this, this notion of, or this historical truth and this historical imagination, even if you will, of the mother who sees her children, the, 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 the enslaved woman who sees the slaveholder or slave master um, eyeing her her child. And she says, oh, no, no, she ain't worth nothing. And she goes on to dismiss her in order to protect her. And it put me back in line of what doctor or that put me, the book here that we're reading put me in mind of that passage and really made me think about the survival stories. And it doesn't mean that those situations aren't tense and tentious and contentious. I know tentious isn't a word, but it, 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 it made a connection for me. And out of all of this, there's more to the book, more to the story. I had my own story that I shared just out of my encounter with uh, patriarchy in the church and patriarchy, patriarchy in the church, not just coming from the patriarchy, but the patriarchy being the system of oppression um, that operates even out of women, holding other women back and down away from that which God has called them because it's what they know. And the Bible says, <laughs> as they say, well, there's always more. 
I'll leave you with this. She gives you a thought of reading will change you and reading in context will change you even more. That's what she sets up right before she starts talking about Dolores Williams' Sisters in the Wilderness. And the book is called Sisters in the Wilderness, The Challenge of Womanist God Talk. In that book, she centers Black women's experiences, taking seriously the lives of our Black church mothers or Black church women like the mother in the book that she is sharing about. So much here, so much richness. As we show up in the world, we show up in our theology. Our theology is made up out of, yes, what we read, but also what we experience. And so this is the perspective. If you tell me about a loving God and my experience hasn't been, of a, if you tell me about a loving God as a loving father, this is this has stayed with me for years. And my experience has only been of a father that is not love. Then what happens to my theology? Or if you tell me about a God that is a God that, that comes through every time and I've had a hard life and I haven't seen that and I've missed out and I don't understand that God, how do you make it plain for me? How do you make it connect for me? What this has taught me over time is that I have to paint a fuller picture of God than just my own lens. And in doing so, being in space with folks, I've got to paint a, a fuller experience for folks. Not centered just out of mind, not dismissing my experience, but also fuller. If you tell me that God is a God of family and God is a God of companionship and God is, and I'm single without that, then how do I then live and operate in my life knowing this God that always comes through and all, you get where I'm going? What am I saying? It's a beautiful read for me, but it makes me think about faith. And that's what we're talking about in everything that we're doing as the niche pastor. We are talking about faith. Faith lived out and I am given through my lens and I'm trying to be broader so that I at least touch in or tap into a portion of your lens. In all of this, we are talking very simply about God. We're talking about you. We're talking about me. We're encouraging one another. We're asking God to show up with us daily, and we're continuing to do this thing called life in faith, in hope, and expectation. Next week, we'll pick up with chapters three, four, and five. That means, Niche Pastor, you can't talk about everything in the book. <laughs> Find a couple points, make some compare, uh, make, uh, draw some connections, and go on, finish, and wrap that up. But we're three, four, five next week, and we continue the conversation. If you haven't had a chance to join us, join us Thursdays live on on Facebook Live uh, for MTT Live, which stands for Ministry Think Tank. MTT Live with Denise Pastor. We're on Thursdays at 7.15 p.m. Eastern Time. If you miss us, you can catch us on replay and you can also catch us on rewatch. I do post the rewatch of the po uh, podcast, Lord, of the weekly broadcast over on our Instagram page. I'm excited to see what God continues to do, what we continue to share, how we continue to grow. And I am ever, ever, ever so grateful for your love and your support, your presence, your listening ear. I'm waiting for God to continue showing up. I'm hoping and I'm expecting. Hopefully you're doing the same. This is Dr. LaKendra, a.k.a. The Niche Pastor, and this has been our podcast. We'll see you next week. <laughs>